Welcome to an all-new season of Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm Courtney Kosak. I'm Sophia Alexandra. And I'm Dave Rankin. And we're three friends with three different relationship statuses just trying to figure it out. So get the download every Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by Motor Bunny. Wherever your pleasure lies, Motor Bunny aims to find it. And listeners of Reality Bites get a special discount. If you visit motorbunny.com and use the code REALITY, you can save $50 on either the starter kit or the Motor Bunny Link bundle. That's right. Listeners of Reality Bites get a special discount. If you visit motorbunny.com and use the code REALITY, you can save $50 on either the starter kit or the Motor Bunny Link bundle. Get yours today. Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm Courtney Kosak. I'm Sophie Alexandra. I'm Dave Rankin. <laughs> Fucking Mr. Weird Voice is back. Hi. I'm Dave Rankin. You know, it's kind of fitting after today's hearing. I'm going to be very quiet today. <laughs> Was, okay, so we are recording this um, the day of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's hearing before Congress, and Kavanaugh also testified. And yeah, what did it feel like to watch, Sophia? I mean, I like resisted watching and I just watched coverage for a while and then I watched I texted it. you like yeah. that we needed to I mean like I was watching it on Facebook Live a little bit and then every time they take a break, I would take a break too. <laughs> to watch friends. <laughs> um I yeah, no, I, I honestly it's just like I tweeted a lot today too about how like everybody's talking about how it's you know, you were just getting re traumatized and if you're a woman or a survivor of any kind of um, sexual assault, it's just re-triggering over and mm-hmm. over listening to that kind of stuff and just watching how unhinged he got and like how much of a liar he was. It was kind of like when you watched Hillary get questioned for all those hours and just like never lose her cool because it's because you can't as a woman, you have to be like 10 times the person as a victim mm-hmm. than like the person who is the perpetrator ever mm-hmm. has to be. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, the way that he was, um, it'll be interesting listening to this in the future because you guys will know how this plays out. Um, but it does, it makes you feel he was, he was like basically categorically like the shrill woman throughout the hearing, which is so interesting that he has the privilege basically to act like that. And like Republican, congressmen were like oh my god i'm so sorry you've had to go through this you yeah know? The, the fact that every single republican opened with being with saying that uh they were sorry for what he has had to endure and his name being dragged through the mud as well as hers it's like that's not what's happening but the whole thing was an exercise in gaslighting where they just repeated things that were not true over and over again as if you know we were all gonna forget that they're not true and it, and and God knows, probably on Fox News immediately, that worked. But (laughs) in the real world, it didn't work. And it was amazing seeing the courage the doctor Mm. had to testify and what an amazing job she did speaking about her experience and how crazy 
he was just talking about beer all the time. Dude, and he also was also trying so- to deny that he drank during the day. Kamala Harris tried to be like, give me yes or no answers. People kept trying to be like, give me a yes or no answer to this. He wouldn't. But he just had his little talking points, you know, that you get when you're trying to evade the truth and you just keep repeating the talking points. And he just kept saying, all the people who were there said that it didn't happen. <laughs> then where, if it didn't happen, what what are you talking about? Yeah. I don't and- know, guys. I feel like that was just a pretty normal job interview today. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Imagine if that we was your just, job interview. We were just like, dude... At, at a at a subway interview, at an interview for an office job that you would have, you would never, never, it, you would get accused by somebody. Someone would call a, your past employer and would find out you took a stapler. You would not get hired. Yeah, much oh, totally. less if you called oh, and totally. multiple people were like, "Oh yeah, rapist." I mean, it's just insane. I mean, for him to be able to like, he's basically lied under oath now. Multiple times. Multiple times that we've seen. And like, we're human beings. So like, we know what lies look like, right? Well, you like, were even, so we were talking earlier and you were saying, at, wouldn't it, it, wouldn't it just be better at this point to just step down from taking the job? Because at this point, if you are to take it, you are literally now serving for probably the rest of your life in the spotlight kind of as this liar, awful person, regardless, you know. But I think that's, that's, you're thinking of this as like a sane person who also thinks that like what he did was wrong. And he doesn't think that Mm. he, A, either uh, is lying, did something wrong and is lying about remembering it. Or he really did black out, doesn't remember any of his like crazy transgressions. None of those are good news for a man that's going to be a Supreme Court justice, not to mention the repeated lying under oath. You do not respect what the justice system is. No, I mean, I mean, even on that point, even if we're like, okay, he doesn't remember that incident. I believe her. I believed her before she spoke. But, and especially after seeing her testimony today, I was like, fuck yeah, that is an honest woman, you know. He comes off partisan. Dude, it's the worst. It's It's not even, it's not even a partisan thing. Like, he just doesn't come across as a human being. And um, just repeatedly saying that whenever he was getting asked questions about what he believed, just repeatedly saying, you're dragging the doctor into this. She didn't want to be dragged into this as if it was Mm. trying to divorce himself from his fault in this, just the ultimate, I'm the victim, not the perpetrator, the ultimate gaslighting. That is so, yeah. No, he clearly had, I mean, he started hardcore binge drinking with someone who later had a huge alcohol problem. They, it's been documented. And you drank together as an excuse, which is supposed to he goes, be. Oh yeah, I'm like in a fancy biggest, school. I can't drink. What? They were at the biggest party frat. The only frat. So my husband was at Yale, and the second this came out, he goes, "Sophia, there was one frat in Yale. One. He was at that frat, and it was the one place in camp on campus that like was notorious. known for being rapey. So yeah, if you're a dude that is a uh, as at an institution and needs a frat so bad that you join the one, the one that's known frat. for rape on campus and there's only one. Yeah. I'm not inclined to believe you. Ugh. It was hard to watch. And it was also like, uh, by definition, 
if you just fell asleep because you were drinking too much, that's passing out. Okay, so you can't say, no, I didn't pass out. What do you mean? I fell asleep? <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep. It's like, no, he, like he tried to have it both ways on everything. And it's like, no, you can't. Like He wouldn't even let What's-His-Face get his quote out about falling out of that uh, car after drinking all night at like five in the morning. He was like, I didn't say I fell out or whatever. <laughs> like all these like details that he was just trying to grab onto. It's like, bitch, we know you drank. Drank. Like, just say you drank. Just say you drank. You said, said the word beer 87 times. <laughs> like, you were sponsored by Bush Light. <laughs> I know. Like, you, he literally said beer, like, in one. Do you think Dr. Ford's going to get that? Coke? Guys, he the drank Coke so much, he shortened the word brewski <laughs> to ski. No. He was like, I can't wait. All the amount of time this is preventing me from drinking more. I'm going to shorten it to skis. I can get more skis in that way. It is I also horrible. love when they were like. Hashtag ski too. They're like, how many, they're like, how many beers is too much? And he looked like he was about to be like, I don't know, 10 or whatever before he stopped himself. And he was like, I don't know. How I many? was picturing that meme where it's like that woman's face and all the equations floating around it. Like he's trying to calculate what the correct number of beers is. Because all you can think of is there's no such thing as too many skis. <laughs> I know. And then he's like, why don't you consult the blood alcohol content? It's like. Bitch, how many beers did you drink until you fell asleep? Tell us that number. Can you imagine going to the doctor and when they do the thing where they're like, oh, how many drinks a week do you have? You just being like, oh, yeah, how many drinks do you have a week, doctor? He's like, oh, my God, you're the one who's getting a job interview. Like, imagine that. The doctor would be like, yeah, you're here for the exam. I'm your doctor. It was, you know what? I really wish that they would have let us see is more and i was really when they announced that they were going to have that the gop had hired this female uh prosecutor that was going to ask the questions i was like okay i kind of like knew the type of woman that they were going to ask and i was actually expecting her to be uh less fair to ford and more uh biased towards kavanaugh and i was actually like she seemed pretty fair to Ford and her question. They didn't let her keep talking after she did like, they also called her the female assistant and she's the head of the sex crimes division and has been for like a long time. Yeah. But she seemed like, like of the, Oh, she's she's a prosecutor. I don't know her exact. I believe that's her actual title position, but she's like established. But not it was, the female assistant. She's not the female assistant. And also, like, she was sort of, like, she was actually trying to do a good job, which was revealing. And that's why they didn't the, concede their time to her after, in the sec, in his during his testimony. Anyway, the whole thing was crazy. I was going to give you guys, listeners, an update um, this week because I was super excited to try the motor bunny, but it's, <laughs> it's been a weird fucking week. And honestly, I haven't been that horny. You haven't been that horny? Isn't that weird? I wonder why. 
That's crazy. Republicans don't make you horny? Almost like not <laughs> feeling like you're respected as a person doesn't make you want to come all the time. It's weird. Yeah. So next week though. Next week I'm gonna get Stay it. Stay tuned. Get on it. I'm gonna get, get it together. Hopefully we're gonna put this thing to bed. Or what I honestly just hope that they I know I she hope, was talking about the fuck machine. Yeah, I'm like, which are we <laughs> no, talking about? Which no, thing? Investigation wise, I would love it if like they really did an FBI thing and like attempted to corroborate her story. He wouldn't even say that. He wouldn't ask the president to a point. No, he doesn't to want ask that. For that FBI investigation, but he wouldn't answer that question. He, don't want to st- he, he would want- not answer that question. He's like, so are you going to ask the president? He's like, well, the, the, the. it's like, are you going to ask the president? <laughs> of course, he's not going to, which is exactly what an innocent man would do. Right. It's like the victims are willing to do anything, take polygraphs, talk to whoever. And as an innocent person, he's not willing to talk to anybody or be investigated in any way. No, I know. I can't believe. I just can't believe. And is angry at being questioned legitimately today and was snapping at being legitimately questioned. I really hope our society starts to change. And I do think it's like little, not little, big moments like this that like slowly shift. And, and like even, but it gets, you know, like you and your friends talking, Dave. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of men are talking to each other, you know, and wondering, looking back at their past and, uh, which I mean, anyone can do man or woman. Right. Um, but yeah, those are conversations I'm having with my, my buddies all the time now. It's, you know, it just keeps coming up when one way or another about, I think that's healthy. I think that's exactly what should be happening. And it should be like on these small scales, like just dudes who went to school together or whatever being like, remember when we did that fucked up thing? That was kind of fucked up. So anyway, whatever, silver lining. We have two amazing guests for you guys today. We have the co-hosts of Ethnically Ambiguous, which is a fucking great podcast. I love the... I'm sure the podcast is amazing if, like, you share a similar culture or, like, Sophia, you can relate to kind of the immigrant aspect. Um, But it's also dope for someone like me that just doesn't have that much perspective and, like, knowledge of those cultures and what it's like to um, come from them, even though, like, a lot of strict Catholicism is kind of like there are sure. parallels, you know, yeah. but anyway, they were amazing. So yeah, incredible, incredible interview. Yeah. Yeah. We got emotional. Um, and because our guests got emotional, this was probably the most raw conversation we've had this season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mentioned in the episode, but like, uh, the way that Shireen opens up is kind of like crazy, uh, for me. Cause I, it's like kind of looking into the past and seeing like my younger self in a weird way. Um, but she's also a lot more developed in other ways than I was, but it's super touching. And I think that Courtney, you say this and I think her parents would be proud of listening to this. I know. And I think both of the women's parents would be proud of their podcast. Yeah, Anna and Shireen are their names and it is a truly an incredible interview. So enjoy. You guys, I am so excited about this week's guests. I know I say that every week, but this week is extra special because we have the hosts of Ethnically Ambiguous, ladies. Hey. Bam, 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 Hi. bam. Who's that <laughs> alert? Yeah. Anna and Shireen. Hi. Hi. Hello. Welcome Hi. to the podcast, it's ladies. It's me, Shireen. Thanks for having us. 
Yeah, thanks for having us. I feel honored because I knew yeah. about you guys and I was like, oh, they're cool. And <laughs> I was like, I guess we're cool too. I'm always shocked when someone's like, love your show. And I'm like, what show? <laughs> yeah. I was like, how do you know about us? I forget that it's something you can look way. up. Totally. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, what? People listen. Oh, that thing, that that conversation we have with each other every week that we happen to record. Oh, that. I just assume they mean a show I really like to watch, like the rap game. I'm like, oh my God, you're into the rap game too. They're like, no. (laughs) This, I think, is like a perfect marriage episode where we can talk a little bit about like Sophia's upbringing was probably really similar, right? Uh, I mean, I moved here when I was 11. Okay. My mom from uh, Odessa, Ukraine. Ooh. So not only are your parents immigrants, but you're an immigrant. I'm an immigrant. Yeah. yeah. So we were, Shireen and I were bonding over oh, yeah. uh, being uh, non-native English speakers yes. yeah. and how you're always forever scarred by yeah. people making fun of you. And then anytime, Aww. like before you say a word you don't know, you're just like, like so careful. You're like, okay, yep. let's see how this goes. Yep. And you're just expecting all your childhood bullies to just like pop up and be like, ha, <laughs> yeah. you were one of us. Yeah. <laughs> On yep. the latest episode you guys were talking about your like the desserts Ooh, that you yeah. grew up with i love that and also like i love hearing about sophia's like those ginger cookies those little those little the the, the i don't know what they're called in russian but they're really good <laughs> i had them every day in Moscow. i'm like which ones the ones so we are have so like many brown desserts. and they're like mounds and they have like some sugar on top or something I don't know. They were just like, now I You're feel such a terrible that I don't know. Yeah. She's a, and then there's like this. How brown- Russian are you? <laughs> Sit. I just I got out Russian on my own like, Utilitarian look now. Ever since she went to Russia. Like, <laughs> what were you doing in Russia, yeah. Shireen? <laughs> just me in my jumpsuit. I'm like, yeah. just make you part of the yeah. workforce immediately. Yeah. Just like every color the same in my closet. Just like jumpsuit, jumpsuit, jumpsuit. Did you get any jumpsuits? That'd be amazing. From Russia? Yeah. No, but I got a lot of like dad shirts. Like me and my friend went to this thrift store and I like got like five things, like five, five things that were like 90 cents each. And they were like dad shirts and like a couple of like weird looking shorts, but I should have gotten a jumpsuit, but I'm wearing a jumpsuit now. So that's all that matters. <laughs> you look great. Thank you, you look so much. amazing. You like, feel like you could complete a five-year plan in like two yeah. and a half. <laughs> yeah. I just got so much anxiety when you said five-year plan. <laughs> Totally. Uh, hard pass. Where did you guys grow up? I grew up in the Bay Area with my parents. I also like this actually looks a lot like my parents' house. Oh. When I came in, I was like, mom's here. <laughs> my mom is here somewhere. Surprise. <laughs> Guess who the yeah. extra yeah. guest on the yeah. podcast That's is. why I immediately took my shoes off. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, my rules. God. I yeah. did it. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, well I can't You're the only shoes. one that's ever made it <laughs> in Sophia's so office without getting <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you say anything? I didn't know. My really upbringing <laughs> taught me better. I didn't notice. <laughs> oh, until now. Now everyone is looking at now my Now I just... Uh, now that's all I see. I still took a jumpsuit. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Uh, I was born in Anaheim, but then when I was one month old, my parents and I and my older sister moved back to Syria. And oh. so I was there until I was like, I don't know, like a toddler. And then we moved back here and like all over SoCal. And we eventually settled in San Diego after like moving back and forth for a long time between Syria and here. And then after we were in San Diego, I was there like three months out of every year for the most part in Syria until like 2011. Was that like an odd juxtaposition when you go back oh and yeah forth? you feel like an alien in both places because you feel like the american cousin in syria and then you feel like the weirdo with the accent in america and you're just like you're this transient person and like 
people would be like, America's my home or like, I love home. And I'm like, what's home to me? Like, I just, it's like a floaty place that's in my head. I don't know. It's, what do I you feel like home is now? I don't know. My mom's hugs. <laughs> Aww, that's so sweet. But I don't really feel like, like, even though I w- was raised primarily in San Diego, I would say, I don't think it's my home. I don't think of it that way. I don't know why. Like when I see pictures of Syria, I think like, oh, I feel like nostalgic for my home, but it's more my parents' home. So I think I'm just like in my head a lot and that's why I can't decide on a place. (laughs) Yeah, I find that whenever I speak about like Russia, uh, I will like alternate saying they or we. Yeah. But it's like, totally when it's convenient for me you know yeah. like when i'm watching the olympics and like russians yeah. are winning the medals i'm like we're winning and then yeah. if an american beats a russian i'm like oh my god we got the gold it's like <laughs> sophia you can't have it both ways but yeah. that's how yeah. it feels honestly it does. it does it feels like you're just in like this in between forever in both worlds which is cool in some ways because like you feel like unique but you also feel like a weirdo that's alone all the time and that's why we wanted to start the podcast honestly mm-hmm. to make like weirdos like us feel less alone what yeah. was it like growing up in your household? Um, I was like the only Persian kid for miles and I didn't know. Well, like no one knew what Iran was. So I was like, I'm not really going to bother explaining it. So when people <laughs> would be like, what are you? I'd be like, you know, who knows? And then, <laughs> then it was like, it was like this weird thing. Cause we had like families who were Persian in the area, like family friends, but they didn't have kids my age. So they weren't in my school and they weren't mm-hmm. like around. So it was weird. It's just like me and my um, siblings and just doing our, th- I don't know. It was like weird. Cause we were all very like introverted and kept to ourselves. And like, I had like a few friends, but I mostly like played with the kids in my neighborhood who were all like mostly Asian. So like, that was my thing. I was like, I hang out with the Filipino kids. So I'm like kind of Filipino. And then it was like <laughs> weird. And then, and then an Iranian girl moved into our town, like, almost like a mile away from me and went to my school and was in the same grade as me. And everyone thought we were related. And I was like, I've never met her, but they were like, but you look alike. Like you both have long brown curly hair. And I was like, does not mean I know her. Yeah. Did you That's get to know so her? Annoying. I did. She became my good friend because I was like, hey, everyone thinks you're my twin. Because I think we looked really similar. And like, even a teacher asked me if I had a twin. And I was like, really, dude? Like, I've been at this school for a very long time. All of a sudden, and my twin decided to join. Just, just also, we up. don't have the same last name. <laughs> yeah. What kind of twins are we? That's what I was like. They're like, is this, a, is this a parent trap yeah. situation? Yeah. yeah. Now thinking back, I should have been like, you're a really dumb fourth grade teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you, sir. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. And then actually um, we did become friends. <laughs> it's just, you know, it would have been worse had you hated each other. Yeah. That yeah. would have been terrible. Then you have to keep talking about each other all the time and you hate each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I went home and told my parents and they're like, oh, well, call them and invite them over for some tea or something. And then they just came over and then they were just like part of the Persian crew in the neighborhood <laughs> they like initiated them like hey you're one of us come hang out there's like five families here and yeah. you're one of them now does the cultural like i'm sure your parents like i mean i would hang on to a, a ton of my identity if i no matter where i moved i think and did, did oh, you yeah. find that with my your parents upbringing? are really persian my mm-hmm. mom is devout muslim so she like prays five times a day you uh-huh. would never know because she's like bay area muslim so she's like progressive and cool and like shops at whole foods but it's like 
but then like at home is like, I have to go pray BRB, you know, <laughs> or we'll just sometimes be like, don't forget God's watching. Anyway, have you been watching Ke- keeping up with the Kardashians? <laughs> like she's like really weird like that where you're like, okay, whatever. And, but my dad is secular, does not like religion ah. at all. They have like this weird relationship where he's like, Hey, just don't say anything to my face. My mom's like, whatever you're going to hell how fascinating that (laughs) both of them are like cool with letting the other one well they're both very uh they're laid back i mean they're laid back they're strict parents but they were like laid back in like how they dealt with each other like it wasn't very they're not very intense towards each other bay area is pretty laid back yeah i mean they're like berkeley folks so they're just like yeah oh hey you know (laughs) they're like after this bowl it doesn't really seem like we have any differences (laughs) it's just my dad's a wino so he's always like by like 9 p.m was like what (laughs) and that's always so interesting to me because my parents uh, raised as Muslim and they don't drink because they're both they were both uh-huh. like very strict parents I wasn't allowed to wear shorts or like paint my nails or mm-hmm. like I w- they were very like I wasn't allowed to wear tank tops and so for me I like told my mom I didn't believe in God when I was 12 and she started sobbing and so I was like okay noted I'll never bring this up again <laughs> and so then I would like do these tiny rebellions like change clothes in my car when I learned how to drive mm-hmm. and like uh just not like i don't know i was definitely the one that got in the most trouble as a kid um and now my parents are like they were never very religious like my mom covered her hair for a while and now she uncovers and she stops praying she stopped praying after what's happening in syria because she kind of lost all her faith which is really sad but also like understandable yeah um and my dad still fasts and stuff for ramadan but they're both like pretty liberal and i think they both think that i'm that our my sisters and i are like I mean, I think my mom understands that we're not religious at all, but I think my dad is like holding on to this idea that like I am a true Muslim and I just, I just, you like marry a Muslim man. <laughs> he, I mean, that would be his dream. That would be his ultimate dream. I'm just like, religion's not. You'll for meet me. another Syrian Muslim and fall in love. That's his actually dream come true. Like, Yo, you so- never know because I never dated one Jewish guy and then i married my husband <laughs> who's fucking jewish and we went to the same high school Whoa. so life finds a way Whoa. where are you from and uh, right now your mom who's listening to this podcast she's like okay, okay. no my mom knows cool. I'm, I'm, I'm very i think my dad no she's like denial. holding out hope i'm just like saying i just oh, gave oh. her that hope she's oh, like right. oh my god oh, she's oh. like maybe but it's funny that like i grew up in minnesota Uh and my parents were devout catholics and it was still the same it's like Mm -hmm. when i told my parents i didn't believe in god and like they were like no you still have to get confirmed right and like i then i named myself sebastian and they were like this is really you're not really doing right here but you know but it's like the same kind of response even though they're yeah in yeah. Minnesota. It's weird. I think I think a lot of parents just hold on to their um I think my parents in particular, my dad especially, because he came here, he didn't want to lose himself and like uh. just l- raise American kids. They want he wanted to be Syrian American. And I am very proud of my culture. Like I have a tattoo in Arabic and I really love that I know Arabic and stuff. It's just I religion for me isn't part of that. Um mm-hmm. and yeah. But yeah, like Anna said, when I went to school, I was the only Syrian, but people would ask me what Syria was. Everyone knows what it is now, but back then I'd be like, I'm from Syria. And they'd be like, Syrial? What's that? <laughs> what kind? Anna, have you been to Iran? Mm-hmm. I, um, I go like every two or three years for like a month. I haven't oh, wow. gone since February of last year. 
I went for like a month last year, which was not a good time to go in February because it was just a snowstorm. So I was just sitting inside with like a bunch of old people drinking tea for a month. Like, so what's up with you? And they're like, nothing. I'm old and living in Iran. <laughs> but still, <laughs> like, I'm I don't envious. Do <laughs> but still, I'm envious you're able to go because I can't go to Syria. Yeah. So there's little things. It's nice. It's nice to see like all my families in Iran. Like my parents are both the only person in their family that immigrated to America. So then I just get to go see like everyone and I have like a hundred family members and they just... It's like a funny thing because I go there and then all of a sudden I'm just like, all right, I don't have to do anything because everyone will just come to me because I'm the American <laughs> uh-huh. cousin. And then they'll like, anytime I want to go outside, they'll be like, well, let me take you. And you're like, God, I'm hungry. They're like, let me feed you. And you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to go down to the corner store. And they're like, basically, like, let me carry you. Like, they're just like, they're like, become like obsessed. So you feel like so cool because you're like, yeah, yeah, this is what it is to be a queen. <laughs> so do you guys have like similarly aged relatives or f- maybe friends that are from your home country um i don't that you can compare your lives I mean, to we have I guess. cousins that are probably the same age like i also have a very big family my dad is one of nine my mom my dad's yeah. one of eight my mom's one of nine so and he's wow. the youngest like one the second to youngest my mom is the third oldest so on her family we're like one of the older cousins uh-huh. me, me and my sisters anyway and then on his family i have cousins that have children that are my age yeah so it's really strange yeah so i think our cousins are probably the same age and we like we'll we'll talk about our cousins to each other sometimes yeah but. my mom's side i have cousins who are all my same age and we like talk on instagram mm-hmm. but like all my cousins on my dad's side because i'm the youngest cousin are all like 50 year old men who like smoke cigarettes and are yeah. just like do you want to drink vodka? And you're like, <laughs> I guess like that's the only way we can interact. And they like comment on my Instagram post, like looks like life is fun for you. And you're like, <laughs> Sure. I don't know, but, but there's no one that you like are like, Oh, that's what my life would have been like if my I family think, had stayed. Oh or, yeah. You know, whatever. Like that. I feel like I have a couple cousins that are my age that are like, they, th- I, I would love to think that I would still be this open-minded and like rebellious, even if I did grow up somewhere else. And I think I would, I would, I'd like to believe that's like inherent in my soul. Um, and I think, and I have cousins. I mean, my dad's side of the family is very like religious to the point of like closed mindedness. I would say I'm not a fan of their practice of religion. Um, and my mom's family is very liberal. None of them really cover their hair and it's very like, uh, chill. So I think I relate to my mom's side more in that regard. And I, I think I would still be the same. Um, but it is interesting because I, in some ways I feel like, why am I the lucky one that got to be raised here? And now my family members are trying to get out and I have some family members that were able to leave and they're like scattered all over the place. Like I have a cousin in Germany and, and Cairo and West Virginia and, uh, even like the Bay area, I have like an uncle and a son and Canada now. And it's just, they're, they're everywhere. And so, um, that's why I have, I feel like I have a lot of like survivor's guilt, even though it's not the right word, but it's the closest thing I can think of when it comes to being an American that's loves, that's like a Syrian American in a way, mm-hmm. but womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My family, like all my like girl cousins are like, <laughs> they're so, they're so proper. Like they're all like, engineers and like adults and like just so well dressed like in Iran like on my mom's side I'm always just like Jesus Christ if I was raised here I would be such like either I would turn out like them or I would still be my, like myself all like schlubby like ugh, like trying to get through life <laughs> and I don't know it's like surreal because they're all literally like I've never seen any of them slouch like and they're so nice mm-hmm. also 
my parents did well for themselves when they came to America. Like I, you know, I grew up in a nice home, but they're very strict with money. Like they're straight up like, you can't have shit, like go make it yourself and do your own thing. You know, unless I was like a lawyer, then they would respect me. But like, <laughs> I, like if I was a lawyer, they would have bought me a house. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah no but because I was like, I like art. They're like, mm-hmm, figure yep. it out. But like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> all my cousins in Iran, their parents throw so much money at them. Like I have cousins where I'm like, that's your house. And they're like, yeah, isn't that crazy? And you're like, your dad bought you why like what and then like i have a cousin who went to college his parents paid for him to go to dentistry school in the philippines he came back and he's like i don't know i'm just like so over dentistry and so his mom's like okay honey what do you want to study now and he's like i kind of want to be like a like a fitness coach and i want to live in australia and he's she's like okay honey i'll send you to australia and he now lives in australia and he's like working on fit i don't even know and i was like if i had done that my dad would have slapped me across the face and been like you're kicked out go figure your shit like out don't most ever of the call Persian me back kids i went to high school with here or like that yeah everybody was yeah. so rich and spoiled yeah. i remember like it was like every time anybody would turn 16 in my high school, they would just like literally show yeah, up in school like in like a brand new fucking car. <laughs> and it was always an SUV. Yeah. And I was like, you drive yourself because, to school. Yeah, they're safe. Why That's do you need a says. giant SUV? Yeah, I, and I remember the- it was like shit. People would be like, oh, have you seen so-and-so's new Porsche? It's a custom color oh, they made God. for him. Oh and you'd God. be like, what are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Did you grow up in <laughs> like, LA? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. That's and then my mom like got me into the school as a scholarship kid and like, you know, she couldn't even drive me to school cause she was a single mom and she had to work mm-hmm. and like, you know, she would drop me off in her 82 Nissan Stanza <laughs> at like someone else's house and they would drive me to school and then like they would drop me off and I would take the bus. Someone else would drop me off and I would take the bus the yeah. rest of the way home. And like, I remember like how crude the people in my school thought I was for taking the bus. Wow. wow. Like it was like I said that I like sucked a guy off to take the bus. <laughs> I'm like, like no, I paid, <laughs> dirty I paid 35 cents to yeah. ride that bus. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I feel like I got the two Persian parents who are not interested in giving anything to the kids. <laughs> like, literally, it's just Well, to all... be fair, they're not L.A. Persian. True. They're not L.A. Persian, which is a whole different yeah. level of Persian. Mm, totally. Still, even yeah. in Iran, like my dad would be like, can you believe that he bought his son that car? And I'm like, yeah, I can. Like, that's dope. I wish you would buy me something. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, I feel like both of our parents really value like hard work and like being independent. And yes. I'm very independent now. And I think you are too. And I think it's because they didn't like shower us with everything we would ever want, you know? So I don't mind it. I don't mind being like, that's probably method. why I like going to Iran because everyone treats me so well and I never have to spend a cent because they wouldn't like, <laughs> you, like get treated nice. Do you notice? The gender differences, how much are they different than like, I mean, clearly we still have shit that we're working on here. (laughs) So, well, in Iran, it's like, it's wild. Like women are just second tier completely. Like you don't like I, when I go out, bad bitch cousins are like, yeah, but see, I think for them, cause they're more used to it. They know how to get away with it. Like I have a cousin who straight up doesn't really cover her hair. Like she always just kind of has a scarf, but it's mostly just on her shoulders. And I'm like, Okay, I don't know how you. I'm like literally like covered heads to like you ain't gonna get me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not getting in trouble here. But she's just so casual about. It. She like kind of like flip it on, like put a sh- scarf on, kind of, and go out and stuff. And I'm like, that's wild to me. But I think they're so used to it and they know the situations and like how to get around things. 
for the most part, like women, like when I go around because everyone's terrified that I'm going to get in trouble, like I literally have an uncle walking like two feet behind me at all times, like a security guard, like making yeah. sure no one says anything to me and I don't like do anything. Like I'm, I'm like corrected in behavior a lot. Like I like hugged my male cousin once in public. They're like, whoa, 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 buddy. You can't just be hugging your male oh, cousins my. in public. And I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't know. And yeah. uh, my dad fucks up a lot now because he's so like deeply Americanized that he like opens doors for women. And my uncles will be like, you have to marry her. You realize yeah. that house. Don't do stuff like that. Like, don't be like women walk behind you. You don't open a door for a woman here, okay, buddy? And my dad's like, sorry, wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's crazy. It's really like weird. culturally in in force. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right? Because yeah. there's it's just it's just ingrained in everyone that like the men are the leaders and the head yeah. of the family. Is there any movement to change that happening? Or? Oh man, if the regime falls, maybe I don't know. That's a that's a process in Iran. It'll be a long process, I think. Yeah, I don't know. People Seriously, protest, yeah. but it's just they're intense right now. They're having a big. Uh, because by law, you're supposed to cover your hair if you're a woman. So now mm-hmm. there's like this whole protest about uncovering your hair and making it your choice. And people are being put in jail for it and stuff. So it's really fucking intense. Um, Driving can I curse? cars, right? Yeah, 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 go for it. No, I mean, uh, you can drive cars. Women have been able to drive Saudi for Arabia. years. Okay. Saudi Arabia, yeah, 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 yeah. they just Saudi let Arabia. them. Saudi Arabia is low-key like the worst place yeah. to live. Even though oh, really? Like, so Not even low-key. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, guys, like we have a young prince, but we're, like, everyone is suffering. Yeah. <laughs> if you're poor, if you're rich, you can live. Oh, yeah. Life. If you're rich anywhere in the Middle East, you're you're coasting. But in Syria, it's interesting because I'm going to talk about Syria from what it was when I was there. Like, seven years ago um right now it's like a shit show and i'm sad so i'm not talking about it right now but it's very it's a secular state so like iran and saudi arabia are um islamic Islamic regimes yeah and so i mean like i don't like that they're even called that because they're they're very extreme form of that and it's not representative of islam even though i'm not muslim doesn't mean i like that that religion is still just like any other and there are good people and bad people in it Mm -hmm. But in Syria, it's secular, and so women aren't forced to cover their hair. It's very, like, uh, a lot of Christians live there, a lot of Muslims live there, some Jewish people live there, so everyone, like, interacts normally. The one thing I would say is, like, I would be wanting to go, like, get a snack from across the street at, like, a shop, but I wouldn't be allowed to go without my male cousin. Like, it's very, like, you need someone with you at all times just to be safe. And I, and so, I think it's a mixed bag of being the American one also and, and a woman, because even if my cousin was younger than me, he would go, he'd be able to go by himself and I wouldn't be able to go by myself. Yeah. So it's just like, I think men in general in, in the Middle East just have more power. And I think like, there's also, I don't know if it's the same in Persian, but in Arabic, when a man has a son, he's called like Abu, his name, like the son, like the dad of this this person like his nickname becomes dad of like let's just say my his name is rami his son's name is rami so his name's his he would go by abu rami and like his friends are like abu yusuf and everything and so when you have daughters you don't really get that nickname because like it's Mm. usually just when you have a son even if he's the youngest person and he's this one son it's usually the son like father of daughters is nothing to brag about yeah exactly so it is a little weird and like my dad will go by like abu remy my young my older sister but it, it is a weird tradition. I don't know if it's like that in, per, in no. uh, Persian at all, but I've never heard it. In Russian, like everyone goes by their father's name as their middle name. So like oh. um, my dad's name is Alexander. So mm-hmm. I'm Sofia Alexandrovna. And then if, you know, my brother 
say his name was Alex yeah. and my father's name was Alexander, he would go by Alex, Alex, uh, Alexander Alexandrovich. So it would well, be like that's cool. Alexander, yeah. son of Alexander, uh, son of Alexander. So basically, yeah, it, you don't get denied the mm-hmm. patronymic, but it's also like Russia's really weird with gender roles because, like, when World War II was happening, because so many of our men were in the war more than any other country, uh, women really ran the war effort and like ran their families and ran everything else. So like that made the gender roles be like equal, and then that was also though convenient for the war effort right so it's like Mm, the propaganda of the time featured women throwing off like the shackles of like housework (laughs) but it was because they were needed in the fucking factory (laughs) it wasn't because they were like no all of a sudden women should do what they want it was like for a reason yeah and then still like the women is the woman's considered the keeper of the like hearth and Mm -hmm. like stuff like that and like you are you know supposed to be like feminine and womanly in like all these different ways so it's like even though women have forever held like jobs that are considered in a lot of ways to be masculine or whatever mm-hmm, yeah you're still obligated to be the mother and yeah. to be like girly yeah. and feminine and like That's that so kind of insane. stuff it's insane. but you know you also yeah. were saying like you had visited moscow shireen and yeah. you're saying like oh young people are pretty modern there yeah there's a very big like underground of like people just like us yeah and i think i it's like russia's always had a really serious like undercurrent that was like more the real voice of the people yeah and that was like very separate from what's going on like that's what my friend said about it too my friend that lives there she's on the surface very like like the real russia is like us like like the the youth you know and and they're just like holding out who are those uh the band uh pussy 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 Riot. riot pussy riot i guess i see like mostly pussy riot in the news and then i'm like oh you can't it's really restricted what you can say but maybe that's like kind no, of it isolated is. it, it is. no it is i think it is i think it's just more when you live there just like anna was saying you, you should you're you adapt easier i think and uh. like if you want to get away with like not covering your hair you like find ways to do that and just the same way where it's like if i want to throw a punk rock show i'll throw it in a basement somewhere it's like it's like little things like that that i think yeah also yeah. they're like they find their ways. Like all my family's on like Instagram and Snapchat and that's all blocked in Iran, but they still yeah. are able to do it, which I don't understand how. Yeah, well, like I have know. a cousin who's a Zumba instructor in Iran and I have no <laughs> idea how. Like You're her. Like, where did she get certified? Yeah. <laughs> also her Instagram is her like just in literally in like a sports bra and like short shorts dancing all day. And I'm like, how do you do this in Iran? Like, yeah. it's so crazy to me. And she just does it. Like she, she makes yeah. it work. I guess they have like super, super private Zumba classes that they're doing. And I mean, she's it's, like, pretty, it's yeah. pretty dope. I like that, you know, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So what we gotta was keep it tight. Yeah. 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 Right. She in Iran. It tight. Zumba's really fun. Also. Yeah. And then she sends me messages like, miss you. Come take a Zumba class. With me. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'll let's, go to Zumba. let's go to Zumba in Iran every it. week we'll do you're like I won't Zumba here I'm <laughs> yeah, for sure not Zumbaing if it puts my life in yeah. danger in Iran yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine um, what was it like when you guys started dating when did you start dating? dating have I started I don't know <laughs> 
Me and Anna are very different when it comes to this. I don't Ooh. know. I would also like, you phrased that like they're dating each other. Yeah. What was it? When oh, we I didn't. Okay, when did that's we what everybody dating? thought. I was we like, started, I actually, when we had a YouTube thing, people thought we were dating all the time. We had like before we had a podcast, we had a YouTube show, and there was one episode where I talked about being queer, and all the comments oh, yeah. were like, "Are you guys dating? Are you guys dating? Are you guys dating?" We we're just like, never had that thought ever crossed our minds. People oh. cannot help themselves if yeah. it's two yeah. women that spend a lot of time yeah. together. They're like, for sure, they're fucking. Yeah. But y'all isn't out though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually I have a, YouTube I have a, There's a Syrian comic I know that she built her whole routine as if she was straight and was in the closet. And then she's come out, but not really. No, she really hasn't come out, but she is in a relationship with a woman. Mm-hmm. But she's uh, she hasn't really changed her act because she doesn't want her parents to know. Yep, I feel that. That's the way and it's know. really putting this like like this this like obstacle mm-hmm. in her career because she wants to like talk about it but every time she goes on stage she like yeah. kind of cowers she's like i don't it's want hard. this getting out to my parents it's hard like i told my mom and i think she just thinks it's like a joke like not like a joke but like i'm not very serious that i like it's I'm a attract- <laughs> yeah like, I, like and my dad i think when he, he saw that youtube video where i said i was queer and he like asked me what it was and i like brushed it off and I think there i think he's like in denial a little bit i also just think in their minds i will end up with a man this you know? is so you're singing my song because I came out to my mama's bi in college yeah. and my mom was like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I, I've been and in love with a girl. She was so freaked out because I was also like an anarchist and yeah. like, you know, yeah, there a punk rocker that she has, and like she an activist. With. She yeah. was like, well, I'm already shitting my pants about yeah. all of those. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not really going to worry that much yeah. about the bi thing. And then she'd like come across pictures of me like uh, making out with girls and she'd be like, wait, what is this? And I'm like, again refer to the earlier statement yeah. of i am by and <laughs> she was hilarious. just like okay but is she on facebook yeah like, she's like but who's coming home for she's like but oh, that's yeah funny. yeah and then i think she was just so like she's gonna end up with a man yeah. and i'm real annoyed that i did <laughs> honestly that's it makes me annoyed too because it doesn't discount anything no, i yeah. still but think most of my relationships have been with men which is annoying to me because the, i feel like the, even the queer community doubts me sometimes and maybe it's in my head and maybe it's like it's i don't know like I, when i got a pixie cut i felt them like the most accepted and i hate that that's how i felt just because i looked the part more in my mind i felt like i wasn't questioned and i would like i was better at flirting with girls or whatever and mm-hmm. when i look more like femme or whatever it's almost as if i'm not taking it seriously and i think it's mostly in my head but it's also just a no, thing I that, think it's partly I think not it's in your head too because yeah. I, when I had a mohawk and or really short yeah. hair people used to also uh, they, they treat you differently you're, yeah you're and I would community. read as queer to them a lot yeah. more often mm-hmm. I have this hat uh, that says make America gay again and I, I'm pretty straight but mm-hmm. I wear the hat all the time I love it and it's interesting the way that mm-hmm. people treat me because they think yeah yeah I, it's like such a survey all the yeah. time and like girls way more am i like aware that like oh she seems like she's hitting on me than in real life yeah <laughs> it's just it's weird people just go off of the cover totally. without like, opening the book at all and it's just a little yeah look you guys are all worried about coming out to your parents my mom came out to me <laughs> Whoa! Hey, that's real talk that's so cool. yeah. i had the reverse situation i was 14 my mom's like i'm gay Were, was cool. she with your dad yeah. At the time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny. I was like, 
which had four kids and none of us are gay, but that's pretty brave. Well, kind of, yeah. that, I mean, I wish really your dad bi, she's like, bi, really. My da- your dad should have been like, and I'm gay. And that would have been crazy. That would have been, yeah. yeah. been the best movie. <laughs> it's weird. Cause like when I'm, I'm from the East coast, it would have been way I'm less con- heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly think like if I told my dad I was gay, he'd be like happier than <laughs> when I told him I was a comedian. But, <laughs> yeah. It's like, so you're not going to be broke anymore. Um, it was weird because when I moved here, I didn't know anything about Persian people on mm-hmm. the East Coast. Um, I'm not really so like I come out here, I get this new job, and there's this Persian girl that I became infatuated with, but I didn't yeah. know she was Persian. I didn't even really know anything about yeah, it. Yeah. I thought she was a Jewish girl, so I was like telling my dad, I "Was like, there's this really I mean, super she might hot. be Jewish, right?" <laughs> I thought in LA, a I lot had, of the uh, Iranians yeah. are Jewish. Yeah, yes, Persian, oh, yeah. oh, totally, yeah. totally yeah. Persian Jews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no Muslim, but, and so yeah, uh, Iranian and, and, and like, I, I remember telling, we ended up going to a Neil Diamond concert. I took her with my dad oh. and stepmom and even him, like, even though like she was so sweet and she was great and she like bought him stuff, like at the concert and stuff, he was yeah. still kind of like, he's, he's not even religious. Like he's Jewish, but he's not yeah. he's like secular, but he's like, he'll, yeah, I'll be on Kampur. Um, like but, he wants you to end oh, up, yeah, like he'll celebrate the holidays on a real yeah. basic, like let's eat the food love, but um, but still was like kind of commenting like, so like deep down, you think you'd want you to end up with a Jewish girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. He keeps pushing it, but he's been married three times, uh, yeah. to, all, you know, no Jewish? Jewish women. Oh, he's married three times. Wow. Not one Jewish woman, but gives me crap. He loves the preaching, but not yeah. practicing. Yeah. Are you listening? Marshall, <laughs> we're on to you. Son was, of Marshall. Was, was that a big deal to your parents when you were dating or whatever, or any relationships My that parents have never once said anything to me about anything about dating. This like is something there was that one me and thing you do not relate on at all. I wish I had your chill. My, dad, okay, my dad has. Okay. I think cause my dad is a wino. He's somewhat oblivious to a lot of things. <laughs> and my mom is just like, I don't want to talk to you about this. And so like, I had no, okay. The only thing my mom says is don't get pregnant. I'm not taking care of a baby, which is always like rude to me. Like, okay, I'm not just going to drop it off on your doorstep. <laughs> like, I don't know. You also pretty presumptuous. Yeah, yeah, you're like, assuming I liked how I was raised. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm a little Muslim baby. I come back. She's like, yeah, he's Muslim. But uh, <laughs> no, I, they don't, they just said, okay. So when I was growing up, they were like, they had this kind of weird rule. It was like kind of implied that I shouldn't date till I'm 18. So it was just like everything I did with any, anyone, like I, it was always just, I didn't tell them anything. Like I would just go hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. I would see guys, but I would never like, I was very like, scared of everyone i was just i have i'm so deeply introverted sometimes that i can spend months alone and have no problem with it so like i don't really i remember i saw this guy i only dated one guy in high school and he was a year younger than me and then after i dated him i was like wow i just got that out of my system i guess i don't have to talk to a dude for like five years and then i like (laughs) like, i was just like okay well i experienced that so that's i'm done with that and then in high school you know like i would just hook up with guys and then i just like never really i didn't understand i don't think i understood that I could, I should just get back in a relationship. It took me a very, a lot of therapy to, for this therapist to be like, you can date. And me being like, I guess, yeah, I'm past 18. Like I can't date. <laughs> like, I guess that makes sense, but it's not, I don't know. I had like a weird block where I was like, but then what if they need me to text them back? You know, like I was like very weird. I didn't like anyone needing me for anything. And so I was like, no, I'll just be alone. Like I like it. And then, um, and then my current boyfriend, uh, like kind of forced me to date him. So I was like, okay, this is what I do now. I date. So 
Uh, but, but you guys are great together. Wait, yeah. how did this happen? So uh, all through college, I didn't know. I just didn't want to talk to anyone. And then um, I would have like all these guy friends because like I just smoked a lot of weed. So it was always like surrounded by weed dealers. And so my dad would always like in college, my dad would be like, are these your boyfriends? And I'd be like, <laughs> boyfriends? Like, dad, these are just dudes that sell me weed. <laughs> these <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like exactly. I was like, no. <laughs> All these dudes literally sell me drugs, just FYI. And my dad would be like, oh, okay. Like he didn't, it was the weirdest thing where like one day he asked me if I had multiple boyfriends and I was like, I know, I don't know if you know, but you raised me pretty, I'm a weirdo. And then that, actually, no, I had a boyfriend before that. Wow, I completely discounted that guy. Damn, he does not matter at all. I hope he's listening to this podcast. (laughs) There's no way. Yeah, so then I I moved to LA after college, and then I was just hooking up with this one guy, but I I don't know. Like, it takes a lot for me to like someone. Like, I'm, like I said, I just want to be alone all the time. It's hard for me to go outside. Even now, with I live with my boyfriend now, and half the time I'm like, you have to go into the other room. I need to be alone with my cats. <laughs> like, I just need to stare at a wall for like eight hours. How did you meet him? He was the... So I produced a lot of live comedy uh-huh. and like booked a lot of live shows. And he was the uh, tech director at Meltdown. Oh. So he was like always there... And this was the thing. When I first met him, he was not a person. Like, he, first time I met him, he was very rude to me. And I was like, well, fuck that guy. These meltdown kids really kind of, we get it. Like, I was like, you're cool as shit. Yeah. We get it. Like, whatever. And then four years I produced a show there. We did not speak once. Like, four years we knew each other. I'd be like, mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then one day he just like, spoke to me it was really weird it was just like he was literally like oh you're here you're never here for your shows because i always show up very late i'm a horrible producer i did it for a very long time even though i'm very poor at it and uh and he was just like oh you're here like i think he was kind of like making fun of me but i was like mm-hmm. and then it was right before it was right okay it was right when the travel ban happened so oh. it was Last year, February. Yeah, because it was right before I went to Iran. The travel ban happened and I had tickets to Iran to fly to Iran. So I was like, don't. I was like in like a mindset. And my dad was already in Iran and I was meeting him there. I was going basically for Iranian New Year and to see some family. And my dad's FaceTiming me from Iran like clearly wind out being like i don't know it's crazy am i right like i don't know come or don't come who cares whatever you're fine you're an american citizen but who knows what's gonna happen like he was going back and really being like because that's how my dad is He's just, just the stream of consciousness yeah. of the american and like, i'm on like facetime my show's about to start i'm like behind meltdown in the alley like dad you're not being helpful and he's just being like oh you know what were we talking about like he just was so all over the place and i was like fuck my life and then i i get like a news alert that's like michael flynn has just put iran on notice for shooting missile or testing missiles and i'm like fuck my life and so he my boyfriend who wasn't my boyfriend at the time like walks outside and is like hey like are you gonna start your show like are you gonna do anything you're the producer and i just look at him i'm like man you fucking run the show i don't care <laughs> and then and i was just really bitchy because i was like i'm gonna die in iran like i was just so <laughs> psycho at that point i was really stressed out i didn't know what was gonna happen i literally was like i'm gonna get on a plane and never get let back into no, the country I didn't even again think about like that's kind of a circumstance with the trap i mean like yeah. oh, the yeah. whole thing's shitty but like yeah. what if 
Yeah. And then he was like, okay, crazy. And then like <laughs> walked away. And then he followed me on Instagram that night and then proceeded to comment on all my photos. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, what do you want? You weirdo. You have not spoken to me. So he but just then, wanted you to yell at him, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, then, I guess. but then you guys would send photos of your cats, right? Uh, that was like after I got back from Iman- from Iran. And that was like two or three months later when I started like getting back to my shows, he was like, always trying to like hang out with me and i was always like hi i don't really know you You, i mean i know you but you've never been nice to me so why do i want to hang out with you and then he just kept stalking me (laughs) until i was broken i was broken exactly yeah but does does he have nice characteristics yes no now i like him no he's great no he's wonderful but now i like but you are dating a white guy so it's not very on brand yeah he is a white guy he's like the whitest guy he's like surfer like he's a very white guy like he's always like surf sand and i'm like what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) he's always like did you see that wave okay i want to know who it is after this podcast Uh, I, I mean, he's look at his pictures and then he's a laugh. surfer bro. Yeah, he's very much a, loves like, wears shorts and uh, he bands. loves hip hop. He talks a lot about hip hop. He's always being like, "Do you hear the beats I made?" He and sounds like, awesome. Cool. <laughs> okay. Sounds yeah. like he records. He records our podcast too. He's the audio guy for our podcast. Oh, I so love that. I get yeah. to see him every week. Ah, oh, keeping it in the well, family. He's the sound guy at Meltdown. If you ever went to Meltdown, he was always I the did. sound guy in the tech yeah. room who was wearing a hat. Yeah, but like <laughs> he always wears a hat. But yeah, both, your, but both of your parents have met him, and they're chill with you dating or even living with a guy. Like it's amazing to me. Like my and parents they don't care that he's a not, white guy. No, they've never said anything. That's the, that's thing. My oh parents, my of course, my parents are like weird liberal Berkeley hippies who I like. I know, but like I still think my parents are liberal. But there are some things that they. Also, I'm the youngest, and by me, they were like, oh, you're still alive. Great. (laughs) You found a man. You're not pregnant. You're, like, maintaining a birth control situation. You're cool. (laughs) Don't drop a baby off at our door. Oh, look, he has a job. He seems to have health insurance. He's great. Cool. He's nice. When he comes to our house, he talks to us. I would rather have that. He drinks with your dad. Perfect. I would rather have that. Like, my parents... Literally, but you do, your sister has that, so you know it's doable. My dad made him convert to to Islam. Yeah, He's technically can, like, a Muslim. Convert to Islam. My older sister it doesn't so actually. I'm, I'm the middle child. My older sister is a year and a half older than me. A doctor and the, 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 the golden goose, the, the the apple of their eyes. Um, apple and of my eye as well. <laughs> I love Raimi. <laughs> I mean, Raimi, Raimi is very different than I am. She is kind of like a serial monogamous and like has only had very intense, like like two very intense relationships. And the one that she's in now, she's engaged to a white guy from like Indiana and they're both doctors. He's, he's a psychiatrist and she's an internal medicine doctor. Um, and my parents like met him and they knew that they were together and everything. And then they were going, they were going to go to a trip to Japan together. And my dad did not like the idea of them being in a hotel room by themselves without them being like committed. And so he basically pressured him to like make a commitment to her and like be engaged Islamically. And so like he came over, there was like a whole ceremony. Like he shook my dad's hand. Like I will, I whatever. And my dad was like the happiest he's ever been. Um, but so that you know, it's doable. So that guy went through all I don't that. Want that. He loves your sister. But I don't want that. But that shit. doesn't mean his whole life. He's going to be walking around going to mosque. Every oh no, I, I know that, but I just don't like that. Like I, my sisters and I, especially my older sister and I, we were raised literally like we don't date what's the point if we're not going to get married uh and i i don't like marriage i never want to get married just the institution is like freaks me out and 
you don't have sex until you're married, all this other stuff. Like, I still think my dad thinks I'm a virgin. Like, I, I, and if he doesn't, he's, into, if, he's like, what? Oh, I'm not. I, I'm even scared of like him listening to this. And I like, for that reason, might not post have about it on my channel. Have you talked about it on ethnically movies? No. Right. Only, only when I guess on other people's podcasts. Interesting. Um, cause he listens to the, to our show and uh-huh. I censor myself a lot. <laughs> I censor myself a lot. Get it out. Yeah. And I don't like that. And I feel like I'm going to have to have a conversation with him like soon because I want to be open with our listeners. But the reality is like, I have had interesting sexual experiences, I guess. And with men and women and my dad still has this idea that I'll just like be the Muslim guy and have sex with one person. And but like, I don't have know, the few times your dad has called into the podcast and held his press conference where he's defended his views. He seems like he's always open to hearing you out. He is. I mean, like, he was open when I got, like, I convinced him that I got, a ta- like, tattoos and everything. But they Tattoo still- is always the first step. But they, that no. breaks that. <laughs> but my sisters- when I got these- <laughs> Oh, no, my sisters are two adult women from that got on. tattoos after me, and he still blames me for both of them having tattoos. Like, my parents both told me this recently. Like, if it wasn't for you getting the first tattoo, they wouldn't have done it. And I'm like, okay, I'm That's not really- one person. <laughs> but, um, yeah. so they definitely think I'm, like, a bad influence sometimes. I was very sheltered. Like I didn't have any alcohol or marijuana or anything until I was in college, like the end of my freshman year. And did you just like get wild when you finally had the opportunity? It wasn't even that I thought I was Muslim or not. I was just like, I didn't really do that stuff till college either. I was just really really sheltered. sheltered I was just like, like I wasn't very, like I was an introvert and an extrovert, but I was just like a weirdo. I was just such a weirdo. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't do anything with any guy until like maybe like the middle of my second year. I was like, 19 or 20 I like really liked like a boy and I like was intimate with him or whatever but we never had sex because he didn't want to be my first and Mm. he was like a little older than me like a transfer student and I like that fucked me up so much because I was I didn't like putting my virginity on a pedestal like I hated that idea and he made me even Mm -hmm. more angry about it and since then he was like yeah I was an idiot and I was just like you fucked me up and so I wasn't with anybody until I came to LA I was 24 when I lost my virginity so that's like pretty oh, wow. late and, but that was just because I was like oh this isn't for me people suck no thanks <laughs> and I didn't think I just don't think I, I feel like growing up I was like oh I'm just a robot that can't like I'm an alien that doesn't understand humanity like I would watch porn like studying it being like is this what people do like <laughs> I'm just such a fucking freak and I was just not very good with intimacy at all. And so especially after that guy was like, I don't want to be your first. It's too much pressure. I was just like, like, okay, well, I guess it's not for me. Um, And then I finally was like more open in LA and I like dated some people like very casually. And then I dated some girls casually. And then the girl that I was like in love with in high school ended up, we ended up hooking up and oh my god was that like the most amazing wish actually and she parallels between you two and yeah. she it was like maybe my favorite experience of like that i've had as far as sex goes but it was also just like there was so much history there and like i don't know we're, we're still great friends and i like that um, when did you realize that you liked both she was the one in high school. I met her in middle school, but then in high school, I realized like she would talk to me about people and I would get like weird and jealous. It wasn't like, I just, she was the person that made me realize I liked women. And I felt d- disgusted by it at the time. Cause I was like, she's going to think less of me. She's going to question our friendship. Cause she was the only one that would like read my poetry. And like, we like had websites. We would like talk about like poems and like, re- like read each other's writings. And we were just really close. And I felt so ashamed of, feeling that way for her and I never wanted her to know I 
like hit it so deep down. And then after it was like, maybe like two years after college, she was visiting here. She lived in Moscow and she was visiting in the, in the winter, like Christmas uh, break or whatever. And uh, we were like walking in our the neighborhood where we grew up and they have this like houses that are all lit up. It's called Christmas card lane. And like all these houses are very decorated and everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell her. And I had already been with women from that point. So I felt more confident being someone that liked women. And I told her like, I was in love with you in high school. And she looked at me. She was like, I was in love with you too. Oh my God. And then I sprinted away. (laughs) (laughs) I literally sprinted like at least a hundred yards away just because I was like terrified. And I didn't, I didn't even hear what she said. I just like left. And then I came back and we ended up hooking up like maybe like once or twice, but it was just like, I don't know. I was the first girl she was with. So I think that was really like important to both of us. Um, but yeah, I told my mom about it because like it meant so much to me. But I don't think she really understood that like it wasn't just like girls having fun. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Girls will be girls. Yeah. Sure. And then I've never actually had like a real relationship, honestly, which makes me feel kind of weird. I'm 28 and I really feel. Are you ready? Like, well, so that I was dating someone for a while um like maybe for a year and a half and we don't like him no he's fine um (laughs) i don't like him i just (laughs) i'm with you i don't like how he treated her i think dating him was weird for me because i was like i'll never be with a woman again oh my god what is this like and like i hate commitment and everything and then the more i got into it the more i'm like oh i like this person it's okay and then later we like had a really messy breakup and we got back together a couple times we broke up and then Mm -hmm. eventually he was like I have thought of you as a friend for the majority of this time. I'd have no romantic feelings for you. And I was like, oh, chill. Uh, and I'm, Jesus. I've been fucked up See? so hard ever like since. We do not like Dry him. as a desert over here. I've Why do you gotta anybody. say some shit like yeah. that? Just walk away without damaging the person forever. Yeah, I for think real. I, I think I, yeah. So that really fucked me up. And I, it's, I, I've never been on any dating apps. I'm never like, I just don't actively seek out people. Cause it's really hard for me to like someone kind of like Anna. Like I just, it's hard oh, for me to like people. It's so hard out here. Um, it's just, yeah. I, I don't like anybody. I, I like people, but it's hard for me to look at them that way. And he was someone that I had worked with, like I had known like for a whole year before we ever started hooking up or anything. And I never thought of him that way at all. And I thought I was someone that like would meet someone and know immediately if I was into them. Mm-hmm. And he took me by surprise. Cause like I grew to like him the more I worked with him. He was like making a feature and I was, uh, assistant directing him. And so I worked with him every day for like a good month. And I just like liked the way he worked and I really admired him. And like, that's how my attraction grew. I was like, you're really good at what you do. And I want to either be you or do you. Like, I can't figure it out. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah. Wear his face. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, and that's why and that, that really fucked me up as far as like, I thought I knew myself. And then I was like, oh, I don't. And like, there's like, attraction can grow and it's not just there And you already. slash motherfucker. No one really knows themselves. Ever. Yeah. Like you keep learning new shit yeah. all the time, and all the time. And it's, yeah. Yeah, so that was yeah. a trip and we like were together for a while but it wasn't now looking back on it i don't want to give it the real relationship label because if he never thought of me romantically like what's the fucking point like but also like he people are whatever people, this who guy, knows if that's even true who really? knows if that's even true this guy that uh, didn't want to date me over a year and a half like i've been with my current boyfriend for two years but this like guy that i was like on and off and it was casual and yeah or supposedly 
He fucking watches everything I post. Oh my like, god! Immediately, immediately, where I'm like, all the people I've had sex with yeah. are the first people that watch my stories. Just like, leave me alone. <laughs> you got that good vagina, girl. <laughs> Man, it's just yeah. I don't know. You guys, this has been. I feel like we I feel so weird. Don't feel weird. Hey, and I also just want to say like. Uh, I hope my parents never listen to this. It's um, you know it's kind of sorry. Just want to say I'm older than you, and listening to you, I feel like I'm reliving so many parts of like my life, and it's like looking in like a weird version of myself that's you know Syrian and grew up Muslim and you know also realized she was queer and stuff, and I don't know. I feel like when you get brought up with a really like particular way of being and my mom wasn't even like the most pushy person Mm -hmm. about anything but when you grow up in a certain way and surrounded in a certain way anytime you discover a part of yourself you feel like like your world's breaking open yeah and like that might be the final discovery or the main discovery but it's like in a certain way, you're going to get more of those than you think you will. Every time I've like, okay, I never wanted to get married, you know? And I was with my husband for seven, for how long? 10 years until I proposed to him. Whoa. And I didn't want eight. Yeah. Yeah. I like didn't want to marry anybody Mm -hmm. ever. And I like specifically the whole time we were together was like, I please don't propose to me because it'll be really <laughs> awkward when I say no, you know, yeah. like, please don't ruin this. Yeah. And like, not to say that you'll change. Yeah. That's yeah. not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is anytime you discover a little piece of yourself, it's, scary. it's, it's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And like, and it, you'll, you can change in a way you didn't think you could, but you can yeah. also not change in a way that you could. Cause like when I was younger, everybody was telling me when I was in my twenties, your political views are going to change. You're not going to be, you know, oh, you're poor now. That That's why you think how you do, because you're poor. All poor people are Democrats. When you're mm-hmm. when when you yeah. when you when you're in a different situation, you won't feel like that. Or when you're older, you won't feel like that. And they were 100% wrong about that. Mm-hmm. None of that part of me changed at yeah. all. My values didn't change. Uh, like when I met my husband, he was living with his parents. He became successful way, 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 way later. Yeah. And now I live in an incredibly nice place. And guess what? It didn't change what I want or who I vote for, any of that. I feel like the core of who you are, you discover more and more the older you get. And some of it is being queer. Some of it is like, you know, being with other people or realizing that you could be a mother or that you never want to be. uh, All of that (laughs) stuff changes so much. Like I know my friends that grew up wanting to to be mothers of five kids that are now traveling the world working on their businesses and are never going to do that and they're not even a little sad and it's like every time you discover a little part of yourself it's like very can be really traumatic but like i do think it's positive i think no i think you're right i mean like i'm not closed off to those things like i know i haven't wanted children or get or to get married for a while but i'm not like opposed to the idea of changing my mind i think and who cares if you do or don't there's no like right answer when it came to this person though it was annoying because he was, I think the first guy that I liked that I had had sex with and I had always had very casual things with guys before. And I was like on purpose. Cause I didn't want to be involved in something serious. Cause I was like really afraid of that. And so he was the first person that I really liked that I had, I had had sex with. And for him, he was just coming at it completely differently. He had just gone like 
like six months prior to that he had gone out of like a really weird uh-huh. relationship and like he had only had sex people that he liked and like for me it was just we were just different phases of life and we like after we finished the film we took shrooms and like hiked this mountain in Ojai and I remember this over like this overwhelming feeling coming over me like oh like I'm, I, I'm, I'm capable of feeling something deep for someone. I never thought I was able to do that until that moment. And like the shrooms hit me so hard. <laughs> and I was bawling. I was just like crying, but, like hot tears down my cheeks. You he was cry like, on it's like And he was like, I do. <laughs> and he was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, just like my, like snot all over my shirt, just like, like wiping my face. I was just like, I couldn't describe like that. I just didn't know I was capable of feeling that way for someone. I, I really thought I was just shut off. And then, but it wasn't like that for him. He had already felt love, and not that I loved him, but, but him it's a not epiphany for you. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't change like what that meant to you, and also like he fucked with you, and that sucks. Yeah. And like I felt that way about the guy that right before I met my boyfriend, and I feel like I don't know. It's like dangerous to go back and like rewrite his like you yeah. thought it was a different thing and like that's okay it makes okay. me feel delusional a little bit that, that's why i think i'm kind of like hesitant to even try that again because i just feel delusional about the whole thing and like i made up parts of it that didn't exist but you didn't not at all that and also him. i feel like guys frequently say that kind of shit to hurt you afterwards yeah i like guys will say shit like oh yeah um actually i checked out of that relationship <laughs> a year ago and you're like what the fuck <laughs> we slept in the same bed every night you <laughs> fucked <laughs> me two days ago like, I so there's no like yeah. I, I don't understand I'm saying like, there's yeah. no way it's all true when people say shit like that and also sometimes people say shit like that to wound you when they don't realize it'll stick in your head forever oh, and like yeah. you might have in the moment been like oh I just tossed that off or you know talk. and you might if you ask him later about it he's like oh yeah I didn't mean that but like yeah. now it's stuck in your head fucking- all I can think of his voice saying I never thought of you romantically and I'm like the fuck man like I only like you were the also, person I thought that the person. most yeah, it's one I person I know but I just it's I'm just, also I do don't I, I don't think it's true all the way I just can't yeah, I I'm just it's it. hard for me to get over things because I don't like people that often and when I do I'm just like annoying about it like I don't know I just I wish I didn't feel this way and I think I'm over it now but I haven't been with anyone since so um but you said to yourself you've been late a little late in the game yeah. in doing this I mean, so only, yeah, whether you did this in high like school college everyone years. is yeah, yeah it's like trying drugs like yeah. you know you're gonna when you're getting into it whatever age you are yeah. you're gonna have to learn those hard lessons it's gonna yeah. be multiple people you're gonna have you're always gonna find a way to dig yourself up i think it's and, true i just like like in october it'll be like four years since i started having sex which is so weird to me because the person i was with in college even though we never had sex we were intimate in other ways but f- the fact that like i've only been sexually active as far as like I don't know, penetration um, goes mm. like since I was 24, it is strange to me because it, it is, it's so much later than everyone else I know. Um, but I don't think, I think it just makes me a little self-conscious sometimes, but. Um, oh, that's not that weird. I had sex in when I, with that guy when I was 17 and then I didn't have sex again for like four years. Cause I was like, <laughs> well, I did that. So I don't need to <laughs> yeah. do that again. Also then I became very, I became very, almost like a hypochondriac about like hyper hypochondriac about anything being inside me. I actually got very weird about it. I huh. stopped wearing tampons. I got Whoa. weird. I don't know. I went to like a thing. Like I said, I had to do a lot of therapy with my therapist <laughs> being like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I'm being like, am I crazy? I do think it's dangerous the way that my dad talked about virginity when I was growing up. And like, yeah. I don't, it sounds like your shit was well, more no low No one key. said anything to me. So I just 
had no sense of anything. Like I was like, okay, well, uh, I don't know. Like my I mom understand. made me terrified of it. She like, I remember sa- she sat me and my sister down. We lived in like a kind of shitty neighborhood at that time. So people were talking about sex and I was like maybe six or seven. And my sister was like eight or nine. She sat us down on the stairs and she was like, girls have like, and she this is all in Arabic. So it's just like a really rough translation, <laughs> but she was like, girls have a pedestal and guys want to put their sword in it and you can't let them. And it was just so violent. It was so violent and like terrifying. <laughs> and she just made it sound like only people that married can do this thing. And so that's why I think when I did eventually lose my virginity, it was, I like took it into my own hands. I was like, I'm tired of being a virgin. And like some guy hit on me somewhere and we like ended up hooking up like very quickly after that. And I was like, you're the person that's going to just get this over with. So it Sound was familiar. Exactly Yo, this is the more you like, I've known that we've been best friends for, for a very long time. Yeah. So many of the things that's you're saying, so even if it was like, you were like four years after her or whatever, yeah. like s- very similar. It's, just get it out of the way. Me, that makes yeah. me feel better because Compared to my Girl, older I sister? tricked a man into taking my virginity. <laughs> Whoa. He didn't know he was doing it. I like planned it out like a psychotic. Wow. Yeah. So I was don't more, feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like my sister, for example, she has had sex with only people that she's loved. So it's like, that, that's a weird. Yeah, that's just not like, me. <laughs> so yeah, for she's me. She's like one of those weird type A people's like, I became a doctor. See, that's weird yeah. to me. Now yeah. that that seems, that is weird. that's weirder yeah. than yeah. experimenting yeah. and doing yeah. all that other stuff. But, yeah. yeah. So I, virginity to me was something I just wanted to get control of. And I didn't like that my parents had put it on this pedestal. And the majority of people put it on a pedestal. Even people that are not religious and white, they're just like, I'm going to wait until like I find the right person. And it's just like the same idea where you're just like... As opposed to like, oh, it's a, it's all a spectrum of sexual experiences. Yeah. We should all just be trying to enjoy it. And, and really, yeah. it's only women that they're it. concerned about. And that's super sexist. Yeah. So yeah. I know it's like so hard to get over that family shit. But you seem like you're doing... I'm trying. You're doing really well. And I just want to say, I think your dad or mom or whoever you are worried about listening to this. It's like, they should be so proud of you. Oh, that's the, the word that would never appear. Like, like, I don't think your dad said he's proud of you. He said he was not the biggest slut. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, What a slut. I'm kidding. Four years of sexual activity. (laughs) Yeah, you're really, you're really breaking the penises in the land. In their their mind, I think. In their Muslim mind, like, (gasps) four years? (laughs) They just, they they just don't like the idea of their daughters, like, opening themselves up that way to so many people, I think. And I think even my mom, even though she knows I'm sexually active, she's also like like she sent me this thing a couple months ago that like really broke my heart it was like this like person that was like an article like i'm 47 and i've never been with anybody like i'm like just like i'm what? afraid this is gonna be you and i'm like what mama like why did you send me this i'm just gonna think about this for the rest of my life like Parents you know that's crazy. crazy. But it's also already too late you're not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it was like 47 and she's like i've never been in love and like all the other that's stuff that's surreal to me because you told me that you told your mom you did lsd with me and that is the craziest thing i've ever heard in my life oh, i would I'm never very, tell my parents i'm very acid. open with my mom my mom in particular she's like my you're best like friend afraid of them about sex but you're like mom are we tripping yeah balls. Totally. <laughs> i don't tell my dad i don't tell my dad about drugs or sex or anything my dad is just he's a cancer and he's in his little <laughs> shell and he's just in denial about a lot of things and i like he has a lot of anxiety and i would rather so just protect him i'd yeah. rather just protect him and like give like just let him coast along and if he asks me i'll be honest with him and it's not like i'm lying to him and i've like i remember this one time he called me and i was 
so high and drunk in college. And I said, I'm so high. And he thought I was joking. So it's not like I ever lied to them. They just don't take me seriously. <laughs> My best friend in college uh, is Muslim, Pakistani. And her parents tried, her mom uh, tried uh, introducing her with the arranged marriage because they were her parents oh, yeah. were arranged marriage did not go well. Yeah, uh, her dad was like this evil dude. Uh, so, but she had that pressure. She was the oldest of uh, and she had two younger brothers. And when, all in college, she was like, "There's no way I'm going to mm-hmm. do that." They keep asking me and pressuring mm-hmm. me, but I'm going to blow their minds. And she n- put that like in her head. She ended up marrying a few years ago a half. Uh, like Asian half Jewish guy. Whoa! Yeah, so That's his cool. parents were already like mixed, and then but she had this amazing wedding. Like that was like That's this so, like, like Indian blend of culture. We- oh, it was amazing. And, and were like they chill. And so they were chill. Like they they weren't. I don't know what they thought, but she just at one point she already knew in college. Like fuck this, right? Yeah. yeah. And then she finally had to do that. And the craziest thing, like she her brother. I don't know what's gonna happen with. He's gay. Like that's another whole nother right. hurdle Here's, that he, I have no idea what's going to happen with him there. But like, I mean, she broke those barriers, yeah. and I'm hoping that will continue for like her brothers. But it's like at a certain yeah. point, she's happy. They got, sister, she has a kid now. She's like pumped. That's amazing. But my little sister definitely has it way easier than I did because I like broke a lot of barriers exactly. for her, and she knows that. Like she knows that I went through hell to give her like she's the, the babyest, most spoiled person ever, and it's because of me. Yeah, just keep breaking it. Keep break, <laughs> yeah. breaking the barriers. I do think ultimately though however like sheltered our parents make us or what try to keep us it's like really they want us to be happy for in most cases so like if if something happens that is like you're with a woman and it's like not what your dad expected or whatever like if he saw you happy i think you would i think it's true in my mind i like like to i'd like to believe that it's always feels like an uphill battle until it like plateaus and they're like okay fine all and honestly um they can't keep up like anger disappointment yeah for like a long time Mm -hmm. nobody can yeah i mean few people can i I mean some people can really do that but i just mean even if in the immediate they might be like oh no or whatever like Mm -hmm. they'll get over it and my parents are honestly amazing i love them so much we call them on the podcast they're so adorable and they're so supporting and loving and generous i think they raised me like i was kind of just like the one that got fucked up the most. Like, I, I don't know how else to put it. Your but middle child. Yeah, middle I'm just the middle child. child. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I was most rebellious and I was very, like, angry and stuff. And so I think I, like, carried that with me a lot when I grew up. But now we are we're, we have a great relationship. I love my parents. And they love the podcast. And they love that, like, I'm independent and stuff. I think they just would love me to also not be alone. <laughs> but I also like Anna like being alone. And I think... I and you're 28. You're gonna find someone. Say that. Are you? (laughs) But my mom was married like way younger than I was, and like they've only had sex with like what, like each other. And so for them, they're just coming from a different, same different era. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I mean, like if my dad wants to listen to this, I'll just preface it by saying like. I talk about things that I would have wanted someone like me to talk about when I was younger. You know, so. That's you're really making me sweet. tear up. I'm the little girl that I was, <laughs> and you're a fucking role model. And thank you so much for yes. being so vulnerable and open. Thanks. Thank, <laughs> thank you for joining yeah. us. Everybody should listen to Ethnically Ambiguous. Yes. Where can they find? Where are you guys online? Uh, yeah, we our show is on iTunes, and yeah. you know wherever you find podcasts. Really. We're everywhere. Uh, really. We have a website, ethnicallyambiguouspod.com. Dot com. We're on the How Stuff Works Network. 
which we just got bought by our iHeartRadio. Spoiler alert. See how that fucking goes. Um, They'll just, I don't know what would be on the iHeartRadio. I have no idea. I don't know how like large business acquisitions happen, but uh, yeah. And what are, we're on Twitter. (laughs) We're on Twitter, ethnically and AMB. And then on Instagram, ethnically and big AMBIG. And yeah. Will you get guys say your names and your own individual stuff where people can find you? Oh yeah. I'm Anna and I am on Twitter at Anna Hosnie, A-N-N-A-H-O-S-S-N-I-E-H. I am, I tweet a lot about politics and you're, you're banging on Twitter. No and I tweet a lot about like being on keto, which is hell. And, uh, oh my God, me too. It's really like, mm-hmm. monstrous, oh, but, um, I've discovered a few things. I will talk to you about this. Afterwards. <laughs> um, uh yeah and i am on instagram you can follow me but i i vet you i don't i'm so terrified of humans seeing photos that i post i i talk about this all the time i'm like so anxiety ridden that i'm like scared to let people in so if you do follow me on instagram i heavily vet your instagram and see if you're chill and if you're like (laughs) vibing towards someone who might comment something even remotely mean that's like somewhat sarcastic i probably won't let you follow me but if you're like real cool and also like I let girls who have really good eyebrows follow me. So <laughs> that's one criteria. I got like really I have so into- much in common with I both of you. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I am Shireen and I'm on Twitter at Shireen Y S H E R E E N W H Y. And then I'm on Instagram at Shiro Hero S H E E R O H E R O. Um and my Instagram is public. You can follow me, whatever. Um, I, and I make like little films, and um, I'm a writer and like and buy a poet. your poetry book. Oh yeah, I have a poetry book on Amazon. Oh my god, it's yes. called Dime Piece. I self published it, so um, just like trying my best now here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's like a you can search my name on Amazon or um, Dime Piece, like piece like a piece of a puzzle or something. Um, and yeah, just. Keep up with me. I have a website, Shree Lani, S H E R E. Any shout outs? L A N I. I'm dedicating this podcast. You guys are on iHeartRadio now, so I feel like it's oh, like, all right. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. right. Yeah. Just call the morning show with a call lot of sound drops. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, well, listen to the show. I'm thinking ambiguous. It's every week. It comes out on Monday. We get personal, we talk about news. <laughs> I don't know when this comes out, but we have a lot of cool guests coming on Ooh, the show. Shout yeah. Out. We have guests. Uh, <laughs> you guys yeah. have been fucking awesome. Yeah, this has been amazing. hilarious. <laughs> I love you both. Thank Thanks so you. much for having us. Thank yeah. Thank Thanks for reaching out to us. I mean, you guys are cool. I still can't believe you listened to our show. Like, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, so that, that's like, I don't really believe When you that. referenced it earlier, I was like, wow, she like fucking, th- our show's a thing. <laughs> I know, no, no, no. <laughs> you guys don't understand. I have she no might have listened. I think she listened to the last like 20 minutes. Yeah, she's like, no, so I legit listened <laughs> to like. like scrolls in. in. She does her research. That's a lie. I do not <laughs> fuck around with podcasts. <laughs> Research yeah. like people don't actually like us though like we meet Anne Thomas all the time like people like us like I don't think like after every yeah, meeting we have weird. everyone's like I don't know you know what it's like the best like I learned a ton you know I don't know about the politics in yeah, that region yeah. or whatever and I learned so much stuff and like the stuff about China anyway oh, yeah <laughs> yeah I always did the one funny thing is the president of our company said like our show was a home run and I was like he does not listen to the show <laughs> He's like, oh no, he said it was a slam dunk. He just used all these weird sports references. We're both like, 
okay yeah. <laughs> like he's like sure buddy i don't think he listens no to show. <laughs> i don't know what he's no. like it's a sports podcast right <laughs> yeah. yeah he's like it's a real slam dunk basketball right that's what this yeah. is yeah i was like yeah it's a slam yep. dunk yeah yeah slam dunk <laughs> to- home run touchdown <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah like sure not the least but like sports really awesome sports <laughs> yeah whatever a sports game went out and i'm just like sports can i tell one last anecdote sure. about shireen and i <laughs> That's fine. But oh yeah, Shereen we were trying to say that we met in college. Yeah, oh. we met in college. But the f- first time Shereen did acid was with me, <laughs> and it just made me think that I we were like on the beach. She was taking photos. I'm like, you're tripping. Like none of these photos in are my head. Come I was like, how high you are. I was like, this looks like you know those like high those like uh, things like they're cars that are like um, holograms or something. And they when you turn them, oh they yeah, become, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the sky looked like. Cause I, my one thing, I wanted to do acid and I wanted to see the sunset because I wanted to see how beautiful that would look, and it was beautiful so i took out my phone and i was like i'm gonna remember this but really anna was right and it looked yeah but the thing i was just watching the sunset and then i just turned at one point and she's bald it's just (laughs) crying and i was like wait are you okay and she's like it's great it's great and then i just think you just cry on psychedelics that's a thing you do you know who else adrian Earhart. she was just on the show she cries and she pukes like a motherfucker every time she does psychedelics no i don't haven't cried every time but can we all go is that a thing can we all no do i've been yeah. really we've been talking about it uh yeah i like want to do shrooms maybe acid probably ayahuasca shrooms are amazing ayahuasca. i want to do ayahuasca for sure but uh, shrooms i've done are my shrooms favorite. before i feel comfortable with them mm-hmm. i love them i've never done acid and i really am like wanting ayahuasca to change my life yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. just like acid not yeah. yeah, I want to do ayahuasca when they take me in a boat in Peru to some place yeah. where some like old man is like, you'll probably shit yourself. And I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank oh you for God. having yeah, us. Thank Thanks you. so much for That's having good. us. Hope you guys enjoyed the latest episode of Reality Bites. If you liked what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave us those five stars. And leave us a sexy review. Sexiest review gets a shout out on the pod. And if you guys have any questions for us to answer on the podcast about love or dating, just hit us up at realitybitespod at gmail.com. That's Bites with a Y. And make sure you follow us on all those socials. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's Reality Bites Pod, Bites with a Y. See you next Wednesday.